Welcome to the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara. I'm here to welcome you into the world of orgasmic living by hosting experts to discuss orgasmic topics such as nutrition, spirituality, personal development, sexuality, and much more. Here, we will offer lifestyle lessons that can help you lead a fulfilling, joyous, and orgasmic lifestyle. I'm your guide, Venus O'Hara. Welcome to the 56th episode of the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast with Venus O'Hara. In this episode, we'll be discussing energy healing and we'll be speaking with Justin Franson, a renowned athletic performance coach and the founder of athleticism.com and emfrocks.com. Then I'll be discussing the book I'm reading now, which is No Filter, Confessions of an Orgasm Activist by me, Venus O'Hara. And finally, we'll be experiencing a guided meditation for energy healing. But first, let me share with you my experience with crystals and crystal healing. I wanted to share my experience and opinion with crystals, seeing that it's kind of similar to the interview topic of the day, although not exactly. Um, it's very different, actually. The, the crystals I'm going to talk about now are, it's more about a spiritual thing than uh, metaphysical um, properties. Anyway, um, I wanted to talk about my experience with crystals and how I found crystals and what I think of them today and how I use crystals. I first started using crystals in 2017 when a company in the UK sent me a rose quartz wand and it was supposed to be used as a sex toy, but I never really used it as a sex toy. It was kind of like, it was a kind of meditation tool for me because I was just starting to meditate at that time and I was going through one of the most challenging times of my life when my best friend became my biggest bully. And although it sounds, it was very traumatic, I am very grateful for this experience because it's what triggered my spiritual awakening because I really was looking for solace and peace. And through that, I found meditation. I found abdominal breathing and it just gave me a huge sense of peace. So every time he tried to trigger me, I was very, very, very calm. And this rose quartz, I remember going to the UK with it and just, um, having it on my chest as I meditated. And I felt that a rose quartz is supposed to attract love and also self-love. And I just found that I was attracting a lot of love into my life after I had it. Maybe is it a coincidence? Who knows? But I just um, definitely felt a greater presence of love. And this wasn't romantic love. It was love from my family. Um, lots of tensions and um, resentment was let go of. And I started to kind of, you know, remove those barriers between me and the, the people who, who surround me, brought me up. And I just felt an incredible amount of peace. And then when I came back to Barcelona, I I started to attract more good friendships and just um, a lot of appreciation for me in my life. And that was my first introduction to, to crystals. And that got me into interested in getting more and more. And the next crystal I bought was... Um, a obsidian yoni egg and I got this because I was in a moment of financial struggle and I saw that obsidian was about the root chakra which is about um, financial stability and I remember putting it um, I did this kind of um, meditation ritual 
and I put it inside my vagina and I went to Deutsche Bank and opened a bank account. So it was kind of a, a I, you know, I was walking kind of like, oh, trying to squeeze this thing inside my vagina. But to be honest, I don't actually um, advocate for yoni eggs, even though I have used yoni eggs in the past and I've had very profound experiences. I I'm not sure that putting a crystal in your vagina is the safest thing to do. I think you can use it in other ways, for example, putting it just outside the vulva to try and get that those properties of um, healing or what have, what have you. Um, but I don't think you need to be taking risks in order to benefit from them. That's my personal opinion anyway, because it's a very big, um, it's a very divisive topic. And lots of people who advocate for uh, yoni eggs would be, let's say, against silicone um, sex toys. So it's a bit of a, yes, yeah, it's, it's a bit strange because you don't really know how safe um, these um, crystals are sometimes, you know, if they are toxic or not, or if they have a, a scratched surface. That happened to me once. I remember in a book that's um, actually a Taoist book that talks about the jade egg. It recommends boiling the egg. And I did that once. I put an egg into boiling water, um, a rose quartz, and I heard this crack. And now one of my um, rose quartz yoni eggs has a crack on the surface. And there's no way I would put that inside me. But I think there's lots of um, misinformation about yoni eggs and etc so it's not something i would do but i do think it's nice to kind of maybe use externally to meditate with and um yes it kind of like helps to guide your thoughts maybe a placebo effect but who knows but we know the placebo effect actually works so so every time i've gone through something challenging in my life i've gone to this very beautiful special uh, crystal shop here in the center of barcelona and i've got what i would call a crystal pres prescription um, for anything I've wanted and I've always gone in with them with that kind of that's how I've chosen my crystals I haven't just gone in and just like let a crystal choose me I've done that a couple of times but I've been mostly thinking about what I want and what crystal corresponds to that desire so other times in my life that have um, have been significant is for example when I had Bell's palsy which has to be probably the most traumatic experience I've ever been through waking up and having facial paralysis and not being able to smile for a month was one of the hardest things I've ever ever experienced especially for someone like me who is using my face you know my work and just knowing that I couldn't really express myself uh, was for a long time was very very awful I was just thinking I hope I can smile again I think I've already shared a lot about that in my um in, in my previous episodes but I I got um I think it's pink and uh, calcite which is about nerve regeneration so I got that crystal and had it on my chest and just cried and meditated about five times a day when I had um, um, facial paralysis. And then I was gradually feeling these tingles, but it just um, definitely helped me to focus my energy on healing for sure. And then I have other things such as, you know, um, crystals for money and also crystals for communication. When I'm recording this podcast, I, ha I do have all my blue crystals around me, lapis lazuli, turquoise and everything that's related to communication. And also when I go to uh, voice or to do my n narration, I'm a voiceover artist as well. Um, I will always use my uh, my crystals as well, um, just to kind of like help me get in the zone with all of the um, communication energy, which is uh, kind of fun. And then I also use them for uh, meditation. For example, I'm very um, whenever I get a new crystal, I like to discover lots about it. For example, which chakra it's for, it corresponds with, what healing purposes, how to cleanse them, etc. And I always check out this. Um, channel on YouTube called um, is Adam Barillet and he has a, um, a playlist called Crystal Connections and he has a very thorough presentation of each crystal and um, I, I kind of learn as much as I can about each one 
so that I know what I need um, whenever I I have a specific need. I know which crystals to choose. So I, I travel with crystals. I, I have crystals in my bedroom and I put them all out on a full moon to recharge. So whenever I want a specific desire, I think about, you know, what that is and which chakra corresponds to it. And I put that sh- that um, crystal on the place it corresponds to on my body. Then I would meditate as well. And I also use crystals during my sex magic practice. So let's say I wanted love. I would put rose quartz on my chest and then think about love. Or maybe if I want money, I would put citrine on my um, solar plexus and then um, and then think about abundance. So it's always... Um, very related to the things I want. And right now I have about 60 something crystals that I feel like I've got all of my needs and desires covered. So if I, if I, whenever I Google a crystal and a specific desired outcome that I have, I usually do have several crystals that correspond to them. So I don't really need to, to buy any more crystals, but it's kind of addictive when you go into these shops and I just want more and more and more. But I guess we want, we want, it's not exactly about the crystal itself, it's about what it represents. And I think we also, we always want to have it's kind of nice to get that feeling of the, you can buy the thing you want to feel, you know, which is a bit crazy, but uh, it can be, get to a point where you just don't stop, you know, so I have to stop myself sometimes when I go to these shops and I, I don't know what to buy. So sometimes I've gone into them and I'm just come out with nothing to think, oh, I already have what I need. So, yeah, so that is my um, experience with crystals, very different from the crystals. We're going to all the uh, rocks that we're going to talk about now with our guest but I wanted to share my experience with crystals with you. And um, yeah, so let's listen to Justin now talk about EMF rocks. Are you looking for a new sex toy? If you are, go to satisfier.com and you can use the code VENUS to get 30% off anything on the satisfier.com website. So check it out, VENUS for 30% off, satisfier.com. Now it's time for this episode's interview. We'll be speaking with Justin Franson, a renowned athletic performance coach and the founder of athleticism.com and emfrocks.com. Justin Franson, welcome to the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast. Thank you so much for taking part in this interview today. I'm very happy to have you here. For those who are unfamiliar with your work, could you tell us what you do? Yes, Venus. Thanks for having me on. I'm an athleticism performance coach found at athleticism.com 25 years ago, working with amateur and professional athletes for nerve work for sports performance. And I know we're going to get into the EMF topic. And what brought me there was I saw the athletes having wearable technology and breaking down from that excess EMF. Okay. So what is EMF for those who are unfamiliar with that term? They are electromagnetic fields or frequencies that were basically made from and surrounded by and one with, and they can be native ones, as I mentioned, or non-native and the non-native ones, I think is what we're going to lean in on today. And they're all one directional waveforms or they don't work. So you're, the native ones, are we, are we EMF? We have, because we are electric. Some people say, is that correct? Yes, very much so. In a lot of different ways, we're electromagnetic bodies. And so we're one with our universe. We're made on these unpolarized waves that distribute equally in every direction. And they're called scalar waves. And a great example would be if I were to drop a pebble in a pond, 
would the resonance and the splash of the pond go in a straight line to the right or the left or up or down? Not a chance. It'll distribute equally in every direction. And that's the framework for how we're made and one with the universe. But these non-native man-made ways of electricity, dirty electricity, and all the wireless signals, they're all one directional waveforms. And that's polarizing for our body and chips away at our life force. So you have a background in sport and what brought you into this field of EMFs? Well, the guys, yeah, the guys were breaking down. So I had a early inclination of it when I was younger and I would talk on the phone too long. I I would feel pain in, in my ear and I'm like, what's going on? This is corded. Is this okay? But hours on a phone glued up to your head. I could feel that I had an apartment with a, telephone wires and a transformer literally on the other side of the wall of my bed. And I was sick the whole year. I took an internship and I got stuck at a copy machine, pulling paper off an x-ray machine and my fingertips would burn. And I'm like, oh, it's hot, hot, hot. And this is year 30 years ago. And now I have nerve pain. When I touch a touch screen, there's nerve pain on my fingertips from working the x-ray machine years ago which a lot of people don't have. So I feel a lot of the kids on the computers and touchscreens will develop that in 30 years as well because our systems just get overrun over a period of time. And so I was the last guy to get a cell phone. So with all those and then seeing literally clinically an athlete coming in, strongest, fittest endurance guy wearing a smartwatch and going, hey, Justin, my my I have pain in my wrist. And... I'm like, hey, take off that radiation watch that you're wearing. So he takes it off and then the pain goes away and then the arm function restores really quickly. So that was the aha moment about a decade ago where I'm like, we got to jump into this and look at how it's affecting every aspect of our of our life and performance. So yeah, I actually saw one of your videos, I think, or maybe a YouTube short about the smartwatch. I was very intrigued about that because I have an Apple watch, but I never, I always forget to wear it. And, um, you know, but I think people are very curious about things like biofeedback, you know, monitoring their sleep, how many steps they've taken, et cetera. So does this apply to things like Fitbits as well or, or everything that you can wear? What, yeah. what dangers of what are the dangers of wearable technology and what examples would you give? Definitely, Venus. I mean, early on, if you remember, some of the Fitbits had too much uh, resonance coming out of them. They had to dial them down because people were having pain from wearing them. So that was some of the early onset reports of them. And so it's Fitbits and all the apples and intuitively your body's telling you it doesn't want it. And at the end of the day, when you're doing something and you do it well, do you need someone to tell you you did it well? Not really. You know, Do you need someone to tell you when to eat or how many steps you took? Or yeah, if you had a great workout that day, or how well you slept, you can kind of wake up and intuitively feel it and know it. Like when you listen to your body and you know how it ticks and you know what makes it tick and feel good and be optimal, you don't need something to tell you about that. So having a device and that meta universe, we want to get people out of that. That's the whole goal is to get them connected to their body so they can really know how they feel. Amazing. So would you suggest people should have a minimum amount of gadgets then? I mean, how do we apply this <laughs> yeah. to, to daily life? 
Yes, definitely. I mean, not not at the end of the day, we we're, we can't live in the society now without being part of it in some way with technology. So, you know, electricity in our every home, pretty much, and you we're dealing with routers and computers and wireless, you know, signals everywhere. And now they have smart meters, at least here in the U.S., on every residence, and and that is an automated gas and electric meter, and so it's really tough to get away from this stuff. So we, we got to really learn to identify them and then develop proximity protocols to where if it's a cell phone, never put it right next to your head. Like never, ever always have it on speaker and wear corded earbuds, not the wireless ones. Cause that's an airway canal directly to your brain. That's not a recipe for success. Having millimeter waves going localized in your inner ear where there's just an airway canal directly to your brain. So we got to really start to think out of the box and, and understand this interplay between how we're one with the universe and how this EMS different, identify them and then start to develop proximity protocols. And then the next step, it's free, get grounded by nature. And that's how we're going to be able to coexist with this stuff. Okay, a bit more about that in a moment, but I have a question about cell phones because I've really noticed over the last, let's say, 10, 15 years even that how we use them has changed so much. I mean, I used to be someone with, you know, big phone bills because I used to love talking, whereas now we're just WhatsApping and sending messages. So we don't actually have it to our heads that often. Do you think this is part of the reason why we're doing this? Because they are more dangerous? Definitely. I mean, that's a it's a great example of, of how we can prevent brain cancer and acoustic nerve challenges and is to just stay more with texting versus being on a call and having it glued to your brain for sure. So I think, I think habits have changed, haven't they? Because people have become more allergic to those long calls and having video calls instead. So there's no physical contact yeah. with the body. And maybe subconsciously that's part of it too. I think a lot of it is the ease of things or, or, not wanting to get too close to someone, but stay connected. I mean, there's a lot of interplay with just the social engagement or lack thereof with texting compared to actually talking to someone. But but intuitively, it might be the body just saying, yeah, let's not put this thing up to our brain. So I, I hope that is what it's it's telling us. So do these dangers apply to all electrical devices that we have? Yes. There's a study from Dr. Martin Paul at a Washington State University talks about the voltage gated calcium channels. That's a big word, big several words, but that means your gateway for energy to come into your mitochondria, which is your cells, your powerhouse, where you get energy in the cell. So if that's disrupted, your energy is disrupted, then you're, it's an oxidative stress. You, it'll calcify your pineal gland. So you're not sleeping. So it disrupts your hormones and replenishing them. And then the bandwidth of these cell phone devices are 2.45 gigahertz. And they, I equate it to waves per second because Venus, everyone can grasp that. So that's 2.45 billion waves per second of a one directional phone. So that's the same bandwidth that destructures water. So we're actually dehydrating us and our environment at the same time. So yeah, these things are, whether it's low level from electricity to higher level, it's challenging. One other notable thing is the book called The Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg. 
And this is crazy. In 1889, when we introduced electricity into our homes, the flu was here to stay. Before that, they called it the flu Venus because it would fly in and fly out with cosmic shifts, whether they were solar flares or atmospheric pressure shifts that would disrupt our bodies. But until we brought it into our homes, even a low level at 50 to 60 milligauss or 50 to 60 waves per second into our homes of electricity, the flu is here to stay. I'm really worried now because I've got um, my main my main job is sex toy designing. I've got a, a spare room with 800 toys. Should I be concerned? <laughs> well, if you have the grounding bags, not so much. I mean, the batteries, you got to look at the battery operated things. You know, our bodies are so resilient. We're going to be able to take the toys, use them, enjoy them and benefit from whether it's electric bike or, or, you know, one of your toys. Again, you're not using it 24 seven up to your phone. You're using it and join it. And then you, you got, and then you have the grounding bags to create that coherence and, and then just make sure you get outside in nature as well. So actually the presence of them, even though they're switched off and they have a rechargeable battery these days. So they're not all switched on at the same, they're all off, but the presence of them, that they have to be kind of switched on to be dangerous. Is that, is that, is that what For I mean? the most part? Yeah. With the smaller batteries, yes. Uh, they have to be switched on to, to really cause more of a, an effect on, on us. If they're just laying on a countertop, wouldn't worry about it at all. Okay. So <laughs> there's okay. 800 of them. <laughs> that's a good yeah. number. That's a good collection. <laughs> it's 10 years of work. I'm a designer. So I, I do a lot of, um, I'm a sex tech consultant. That's my kind of main source of income, but I'm, I'm very interested in lifestyle and healthy lifestyle. That's why I created this web, this um, podcast to kind of get into the orgasmic lifestyle, which is about reaching climax in all areas of life. Cause I'm very interested in healthy lifestyles. Like I, I'm sober, I'm whole foods, plant-based, um, you know, I live a very, very, uh, healthy life. So, so let's talk about the grounding bags. I'm very curious about this. What is a grounding bag and how can it help you? So everyone looks to nature, Venus, to get grounded, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so did we. So we hand mine crystals. These are the crystals that are inside the grounding bags or literally have moisture and magnetic properties. So everyone knows about shungite or amethyst or black tourmaline, all the other known properties out there. Well, ours have this moisture content with the magnetic and the combination between the two is phenomenal for emf protection and so we just deploy it in a grounding bag and these are hand mine crystals inside here you put this on your bed and you'll sleep deeper than ever three to, to 60 percent deeper we just had a doctor test his deep sleep went from 45 minutes to 100 so that's over uh, over 50% improvement on on their sleep which is phenomenal. So yeah, they they work really well. And so when you're using them in a bedroom, you can put it on your bed just where you don't touch it at the head of the bed between you and your partner and or underneath the bed leaning against the leg of the bed as long as it's touching it, what it does is creates a coherence. So there's there's a harmony between us and any vibration uh no pun intended, that that the other ones would would uh, emit that would potentially, you know, affect our body. And again, the vigor vibrations would come from electric car, not an electric toy per se <laughs> as much. 
So are those um, crystals, let's say, are they broken down into small pieces? Because I mean, I, I've, oh. I'm, really, I'm really into kind of like weighted, I have a weighted blanket, which has these tiny, um, you know, they're kind of glass pieces. So it's a thin blanket, but it's very weighted, which I find very comforting. Is it like that concept or they're kind of like the big stones? What, what does it look like? Just just what we showed you, if you can see it, it's bigger stones. And for the ones okay. that can't see it, it's a bigger, it's about one pound of crystals. Uh, and the bigger the stones, uh, the longer they'll last per se. So the, if they're finer stones, they could turn to dust. And once they do that, you just have to get a new bag. So it's bigger rocks. It's nothing we can deploy in a product per se, uh, like a blanket or, or a wearable, uh, because they have to be sealed and you need a lot of it to to create the coherence we do have a mini which is for a purse a pocket or a backpack for on the go protection so if you have your uh, purse and you have your phone in it and it's right next to your liver because you're carrying it you know, on that shoulder you might want to have a mini grounding bag in there as well just to create that balance so i wear i put it in my pocket and i put my phone on the outside of it because those are your reproductive organs i mean this is if we're, we want to go into the, those areas, you, you got to protect them. And so it's one of the best things you can have to, to do that as well. It's it, the thing too, in the health side of reproduction, uh, fertility, uh, menopausal changes, you got to create a coherence between this stuff. So I, I don't know why teller the computer industries have called the computer a laptop. I mean, they're putting a router and a massive battery over your reproductive organs. Guys, sperm count plummets. Women's ovaries absorb 10 times the amount of radiation than any other part of the body. And it's not like they replenish their sperm like guys do. So it's a really challenging topic when it comes to fertility because we're not seeing uh, a lot of success in that area this generation from the technology so these grounding bags for the, is it like a blanket what what is it just or just the bag it's just a bag with the crystals in this is it venus okay. yeah you didn't even open that's, it it's just that's just no. like that. okay yeah you use it as is okay i'm a massive fan of crystals and last night i put all my crystals out for the full moon and i charged them up and i have oh. certain crystals in my bed under my pillow etc are you into crystals? I mean, it's a similar concept. Well, those are crystals. They're hand mined. So that's yeah. the whole thing. Yours, you can display and they won't, they won't turn to dust. Ours, you have to keep them sealed. But similar concept, ours are just stronger because of the moisture with the magnetic. And they're stronger at helping you sleep and deal with the EMF. Okay. Because I have a lot of them. Um, I have rose quartz under my pillow. And then I have some selenite and I have some amethyst and, and clear quartz or smoky quartz. So I kind of like have some for the um for the bedroom. Then I have on my desk, I've got the citrine for the abundance and then all the blue mm. ones for my podcast communication. And I've got about 60 crystals. So every, anytime I need a I need something in my life, I just look online for my crystal prescription. <laughs> I love it. Well, so, we're gonna have 61. It's uh, crystals when we get when we send you the grounding bag. Oh, I was going to ask you if I was going to get one. So yeah, I'm, I would love that because I'm really into all this stuff. And and talking about protection as well from all of these waves, I have some friends who claim to be um, um, sensitive to Wi-Fi. Is there any point in switching off our Wi-Fi at night to protect? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, 
I want to acknowledge your friends. They're spot on and good for you guys for being so aware. And if you're bothered by it, that's a gift of awareness of feeling energy. And if you could feel that polarizing energy, even though it's affecting you negatively, it's still a gift. A lot of people call it a sensitivity, but I call it a gift. And it is really poison. It's poisoning our environment. They're polluting our environment with millimeter waves and they're super challenging for us. So the best thing to do is to turn your Wi-Fi off at night for sure. You can even, if you can get an electrician to go to your, your basically your electrical panel and create an override switch where you can uh, switch or have it on a timer actually and switch the electricity completely off in your bedroom at night. And I would start there and then, and then, and then you can override it with a switch and then you can actually have a outlet timer on your Wi-Fi, So that goes off when you're sleeping or you can click it and turn it on and off as needed. And all your devices go on and off as well. So we want to create the resonance in your bedroom, especially when you're sleeping as close to being outside. And then that, that, goes true with holds true with your home and then an office as well. We got to get that resonance quieted back down to what we call the Schumann resonance, the healing pulse. There are 7.83 Hertz or waves per second, because when you're in a Delta or Theta brainwave state, so Venus, when you're in the deepest restorative brainwave state for sleep and rapid eye movements, and you have these incredible lucid dreams that just take you beyond your brainwave state is low and slow, even just a little slower than the pulse of the universe. These cell phones ping at 2.45 billion waves per second. The 5G is 60 to 90 billion waves per second. So we're trying to sleep at one to eight about, and these are in the 10 zeros faster. So it's gonna be really disruptive for us. Our brain tries to figure out what's pinging it, goes into what we call a twilight sleep. So we never get into that deep restorative sleep. That's interesting. So in our bedrooms then, um, I mean, another thing I'll question before we go into, into how the how we should protect ourselves uh, while sleeping. I always wonder when people want to turn the, the Wi-Fi off at night, I think, well, what about your neighbors like upstairs and downstairs? I mean, surely you're getting affected by that and you turning your Wi-Fi is not going to make that much difference. <clears throat> what would you say to that? Right. Well, for sure you'll get it, but the proximity to it, it's going to be buffered by walls and ceilings and it'll be a lot less, even though you're able to pick it up, mm -hmm. it's not going to be right in your proximity. So our grounding bags will help create that coherence between us in that environment, whether it's your signals or extraneous signals from neighbors or satellites or what have you, you're, you, you're going to create harmony in your home the more grounding bags you have. Okay. So perfect. we recommend, yeah, we recommend five for 2000 square feet of a home plus one on each bed. And then seven, if you have solar seven in an electric car, because sitting on a massive battery is the absolute worst for anybody. I like had to keep my bedroom as minimalist as possible is literally just the bed. <clears throat> and, um, I have one lamp, which I never turn on. And, um, that's all I have. Just nothing. There's nothing. There's no TV. There's nothing in there. Um, the only thing I do have is I like my meditation apps. I love Insight Timer. I make content on there as well. 
and I guess I'm t- I'm assuming that it's not good to have the smartphone in our beds at night. But- right. So for sure. So Venus, <laughs> when you're if you're using those apps and we all love them, just download it before you go to bed and then put it on airplane mode. So you can still record and play it, but it's just not looking for a signal to communicate with and and broadcasting all night long. That's the game we're playing. We can get that resonance a little lower. It's going to be a lot better for you. That's a good point. Because I think a lot of people, that's probably one of the reasons why people don't sleep because they're scrolling aimlessly at night. And also the melatonin is not getting produced with all those lights as well. Yeah, the light, the circadian rhythm component to sleep and wellness is huge. Get in rhythm with with the sun and the moon. When you're going to bed, create that dark environment so you can start to adjust to it. If you're having screen time before, wear blue light blockers for sure to block out that that those lights that will keep you up for several hours longer. You know, first thing in the morning, whenever you wake up, reset your eyes to seeing the sky and knowing what's real light and what's blue. And that's what's going to get your in rhythm. You'll be able to sleep a lot better and you'll start grounding. You'll get this like pure grounding effect of being outside in nature. We just uh, have disconnected from outside in a lot of ways. We're stuck in, you know, inside too much and whatever story you're in, you know, we got to get back outside and be, and know that we're one with nature and you're going to sleep and feel a lot better. I watched this amazing documentary. I'm sure you know it. I think it was called earthing or something about grounding about, you know, being barefoot on the earth. Um, is that something you'd recommend? I'm assuming as well. Is this a kind of like replacement for that? These, these bags are for those effects. Yeah. Yes. And yes. So it, it replicates it is what it does. The grounding bags do earthing or grounding is what I'm saying and, and alluding to by saying, getting out into nature. It's one of the most important pillars of health that no one really talks about. And you're going to have everything optimized when you're grounded. Our bodies act like a body battery, Venus. So we get a negative ionic charge from the earth and we pull the electrons in it. We get a positive charge from the sun, which is unpolarized. And then we get the minerals from our food and water, hopefully from both of those. And then uh, in the air as well. And then water, we use it for the conductivity as well. That's essentially how our body battery works. And Eileen McCusick wrote about it in Electric Body, Electric Health, which is a great book on on tuning for healing with is your energy field healing and clearing anything stuck in your biofield. And so that's how our body battery works. Now we can replicate that grounding effect with the grounding bags because you're literally bringing the resonance of the earth into your home. And when you do that, it's just like walking barefoot in a bag. So uh, when you're inside, use the grounding bags. When you're outside, go barefoot, touch a tree, have a picnic, you know, get close to the earth as possible, get your body into a body of water. So I'm a huge waterman. I like to surf and I'm in the ocean, Pacific ocean every day, literally surfing, free diving, body surfing, swimming, whatever it is. I'm in the water, no matter what the temperature is, no wetsuit, we just go. And I'm getting the cold factors. I'm getting the stoke on, I'm breathing. I'm 
getting the survival instincts. I'm getting grounded by nature in that body of water more than ever. And I walk barefoot. I'll walk the dog in the morning as well. So at least twice a day, I'm getting significant amounts of grounding from the walks and then from actually jumping in the body of water. And, and when you do that, everyone, you're going to sleep so well and perform better than you've ever performed. I think when you go to nature, you always just sleep better. Just the air is different. But I live right. in Barcelona in a city, you know, in, in a building of, of lots of apartments on top of each other. And um, I don't have a garden. So how can we ground, um, apart from having a grounding bag of yours, is there any other things that we can do? I mean, I go barefoot at home after the COVID thing. I didn't want to be taking the dirt of the street into my home. <laughs> so is there anything else? I mean, I've got my 60-something crystals uh, well, 61 when I when I get yours. Um, so what else can we do at home to kind of create a, a grounding atmosphere? Well, the first thing is, is really build your life force up and know that you can convert a one directional waveform. So there's this thing called physics. I don't want anyone to fear the EMFs. Like mm -hmm. they're, they're a tool. We want to use the tool, not let the tool use us, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the important part with this whole interplay between us and electricity in every form. So when you're at home, know that you can convert these waveforms, but shut down power in bedrooms when you're sleeping, turn devices off, hardwire your home. It's faster, it's safer, it's more reliable. There's minimal health challenges. Uh, again, get rid of the Nest AC units or Alexa doorbells or, or Alexas or ring doorbells. Like all these wireless devices that are listening to you mm. and tracking and tracing and basically surveillance marketing you get those out of your life and that's how you're going to be able to really heal and have your home more of a sanctuary if something's not you know listening to you and then load it up with grounding bags so grounding bags are the answer along with making your home a safe home get the wiring so it's really safe get a stetzer electric meter they're a hundred and I don't know, 30, 40 bucks. Plug mm -hmm. it in the wall. It tells you how healthy your wiring is. So there's certain things you could do to make sure your home's a healthy home. And if, and if you have a neighbor that has EMF, like really heavy on the other side of your room, maybe do EMF paint or tint a window or curtains to block it and repel it the other way. So those are some things. If there's a cell tower outside of your window, and yeah, unfortunately they put it up there and they didn't tell you and they don't care, you know, just to repel it the other way and do some blocking measures for safety and then use the grounding bags. You're going to need a lot more grounding bags to help create the coherence if you're that close to that strong of a signal. Now I've got my black tourmaline at the door to keep everything, to keep negativity away. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally into all of that. So what about, um, what else was I going to say here? Um, yeah, you just made, made me think about the data collecting. Sometimes we're having a conversation and I open my phone and then I see an advert for something that we've just spoken about. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Well, this whole deal, it's like I've gone into human performance and now into product for EMFs. And then we have MCT oils to help with diabetes and weight loss mm -hmm. and and all this whole topic has is, is got us into privacy and security. 
from EMF protection because they're literally listening to everything we're doing. And, and they want your biometrics. They want your fingerprint. They want your palm print. They want your retina scan, your face, your voice. Like those are your single most unique identifiers, Venus. You don't ever want to give those away for commerce. And because once they take them, they're irreplaceable. So just we, we got to keep this distance between us and and this technologies that that are that they're deploying saying that they're for our best interest or for our convenience or for our performance but it, it, a lot of them aren't a lot unfortunately there's ulterior motives with a lot of these that just takes me back to what i mentioned earlier about biofeedback which I, that's that's a real incentive to keep using a certain device or app, isn't it? And that's, that is, would you say a lot of, I mean, people say they're not doing data farming, but that's something we always fear. Cause I actually test, tested this amazing product uh, that I thought was amazing um, recently. It was a pelvic floor trainer. And sometimes people need motivation to be, um, you know, to remember to do the Kegels is so important for healthy sex life or orgasms or postpartum, what have you. And there's this amazing device that you put in the vagina and it's got a, a couple of sensors. Then you play video games on your mobile, like, you're, you know, killing birds and you're squeezing. And then you're like, it's just so much fun. And then you get the feedback and you're like, you see how you're getting stronger and stronger. Then you're like, it makes you want to do it more. So those kind of, um, I think people love biofeedback for that reason, for that motivation and just knowing about yourself. Um, yeah. And, and, and I, I love that too. And, and, Again, these things, and I've worked with professional athletes for so long, but we we have baselines. So establish a baseline where you're at and then midpoints and then endpoints. So you don't have to have something telling you where you're at every day doing it. But sometimes like those biofeedback exercises that you're talking about, there are fun games that you can play. Well, get yourself up to a certain level and then start doing it on your own. So, so there's ways we can learn with this stuff and use it to our advantage uh, I mean, this is huge. And then the Kegels are, it's probably one of the most important primal nerves you can do. Cause if you can't control your bladder, shut it down or excrete waste or have you, you die. Like you become toxic and die. You can't swallow with the tongue movement. You die. Like these are primal nerves of the body that you need to upregulate and keep strong. And whether it's for uh, intimacy or, for performance or overall health, like it's one and the same for me. Like you got to optimize these nerves. And if you need a little support right out of the gate with binaural beats or games or uh, what have you use it and then get yourself in a rhythm with it and then start doing it on your own. But it's not a lifelong tracking every day and, and testing every day, start to rely on your body and that muscle memory to to requeue, make it part of your morning routines where you do your prayer, your grounding, your Kegel exercises, your breath work, like literally it's part of your routine to set your day. So you're optimized for performance because the pelvic floor and I I'm, I've gone through a pelvic floor injury right now. It, it's no fun to have. And, and it's a last area you want to really, uh, you know, have to, have trouble with, especially later on in life. So you got to work on those exercises, getting that, keep that fascia hydrated. Uh, we use silica to do that. And you could get it at alphavetic.com. They have 
in their cell salt section, they have silica, which is great uh, to keep that, keep those fascia strong. And so you can keep the nerve conductivity great as well. Amazing. So I like the way you can kind of like, you know, use it in harmony. You can, you know, in, embrace these technologies, but also in, in, you know, in moderation. So you mentioned MCT oil. So that takes me to a topic that I absolutely adore nutrition. Are you, do you have any tips about food? And um, that's another one. That's one of my <laughs> biggest passions, actually. It's probably my second biggest passion, which is oh, yeah. organic, locally sourced food. And also saw in your, I think it's the media one sheet, something about, you mentioned something about soil as well. So I, I always buy my food local in season at a farmer's market. And it's incredible because then every week you go, there's something different because the seasons are constantly changing. It's fun. It's just amazing. And the taste is just superior. It is. It really is. And I love that. And that's, that's where you're going to find more health than not. So really lean into fresh organic, but you got to know where it's sourced just because they're telling you it's organic or it's wild grown. It doesn't mean it is that that's for sure. We're a lot, a lot of the organizations are infiltrating the farmer's markets and, and you can see the berries if they're really cookie cutter and look the same, they've been modified. There's chemicals all over them. Even if they're like, yeah, yeah, we grow organic. No, they don't. And, and then the wild harvested salmon, uh, they have, they're full of parasites if, if they're from farm raised. So you can tell the difference. So, but the food is, is huge where we're losing our nutrients from the glyphosate from Roundup and uh, all the herbicides, pesticides that they're spraying above us from the chemtrails are literally dropping aluminum, barium, strontium herbicides on us uh, from above. So we're getting it in the food. They're dipping seeds in it. Uh, they're modifying the seeds in the food. They're depleting the soil with monocrop farming. So when you can get a biodynamic regenerative farmer that has great nutrient dense soil and hasn't riddled it with pesticides, you're going to get a lot more nutrients out of it. And for us, we, I, so I lean into that lifestyle not genetically modified. It's kind of, I equate our grounding bags to uh, eating organically where it's in nature's residence, whereas a man-made device attempting to keep up with the man-made signals would be a GMO device. So let's keep that out of the way. And then for the diabetes part, this, this we've been inundated with spiking and crashing our glucose levels with improper diets. And I, I lean more to intermittent fasting and more of a keto intake and balanced intake. And when we do that and it's super clean, you're not eating as much. Your body doesn't really need as much. We have our MCT oil, it's called lean oil. And it's uh, it's it's a it's literally a palm kernel oil instead of coconut, which is more bioavailable. There's high C8, the rest C10, so it's like burning a fire with a log versus paper. And a log would give you more sustained energy from a plant source. So it's it's literally lubricating your joints. It's helping normalize your glucose levels, so you're not going to spike and crash. And then it's great for brain and, and gut health. But we had a client real quick on the EMF side, new diabetes, uh, childhood diabetes. Parents are like, okay, let's go on a vacation and get out of this house that's toxic, that caused this. And it took 10 years for the kid to develop it. But 
they jumped on an airplane. The mom had a new smartwatch on tracking her kid. And, uh, you know, obviously they didn't, she didn't want the kid to die. So she, they're on the plane. Everyone jumps on their Wi-Fi. The kid's glucose levels go up 200 points and he gets a bloody nose just sitting there. And then it was a long flight. And then everyone fell asleep towards the tail end. Half the people woke up, blood sugar goes up a hundred points. Kid gets a bloody nose while he's still sleeping. I mean, when you're in an airplane, you're in a capsule and there's, you know, however many people times billions of ways per second, it's going to mess with our environment. It is what's our invisible environment and how does it affect us? And so uh, really normalizing your body with, with the right oil to help buffer it like medium chain triglyceride oil and front, you know, our lean oil is the cleanest you can find is, is a fantastic as well. So that's another place where, so how can we protect ourselves in a plane then? Well, bring a grounding bag or two or three with you. Mm-hmm. Have it on your lap or something like have it. Uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. I, I do. And whenever I fly, I put it actually on my, as a low back support. It's not comfortable. Maybe I'll throw a sweatshirt down to kind of give it a little more cushion, but the, the chairs are, they're concave. They're just awful for your posture. So I'll put something to straighten me out a little bit. And so I'll put on my low back and I'll put one on my stomach most of the time, like underneath a, a, a jacket or something where they won't say anything to me about having something on my lap. So I have really a lot of protection and I'll maybe have an extra one in my, in my briefcase or suitcase and where my computer is. So I'll have one at my feet, one on my stomach, one on my back. And literally I haven't gotten sick all year traveling. Last year I got lazy with it. I only had the mini with me. I got, I traveled twice and got sick twice right after the flight. And everyone this year that got those same COVID like symptoms, they got it right after they flew. So the, these, the airlines are ratcheting up their signal strength and that's your invisible environment. You guys, we got to be aware of it and we have to create some type of coherence with it and build your life force up before you go on it. Never eat the crappy airplane food and get grounded before and after you know, get off the plane and then maybe bring a grounding bag or or one, two or three or more uh, with you to yeah, help. Me when I get a plane, I just want to wash my hair after because I just imagine all the sneezes because yeah. <laughs> that, that's the air's not getting recycled. So it's just like, oh, you're just absorbing it all in your clothes. I just want to wash my clothes and you know, wash my hair after, after a flight. It's, it's, and you mentioned intermittent fasting. I'm getting into that now, actually. Um, I've been doing it, I, I've been doing it intermittently, but now I'm kind of getting a bit more serious about it. Um, eating twice a day from let's say 10 AM and then four, 5 PM. And that's kind of my, my two meals a day. Um, why do you think it's important to do what, what, what hour gaps do you do? Which windows, what, what hour? No, that would be great. That would be great. Uh, I, I have a feeling you'll end up not eating as much for breakfast once we get you the MCT oil as well. Mm-hmm. So your body just won't need a lot in the morning. You might have some juice or something to get the system going, uh, but you just won't need like a, a solid substantial meal in the morning. You'll just have an early, early big meal. And so that's what I'm leaning more towards now is MCT in the morning and uh stay within that time frame that you recommended 
And then I, I, I'll basically, I had apple juice <laughs> mostly this morning and then I'll have a big, you know, early dinner around five o'clock or so. Whenever that's almost the one meal a day. Is that, was that, was that what you're leaning? Well, it's, it can be for me. I, I, I'm like you, I kind of lean in and lean out of it a little bit. I go with what my body asks for, not what a protocol tells me to do per se. I'm already in the fat burning zone when I'm using the MCT oil, I've already have the ketone. So I'm not spiking and crashing my insulin. So my energy is really well uh, sustained throughout the day. So I look at how my body feels, but it takes several weeks to, for this to kick in sometimes. I mean, when I started taking it, it took like three days, two, three days. And I was like, man, I'm not hungry all day. It was insane. Like a teaspoon in the morning, teaspoon at night, and you're good literally all day until, you know, early afternoon. And then it's, and then, then I got really hungry and I'd eat a really big meal, but that's what your body is really asking for in, in a lot of ways. And then really drinking structured water, add minerals in it, distilled as the purest. And then you add back minerals in it. Uh, a mountain spring would be the next best, uh, get filters on your water at home. Cause all the tap water, city water in anywhere we go, even in Spain, uh, not, not really drinkable water per se. So we want to, we want to get that really clean water going as well. Yeah, very important. I guess here people don't drink tap water. It's more um, people buying, you know, plastic bottles, but then you've got the microplastics in that as well. So I'm thinking about getting the Brita jug or something similar just to kind of, because I mean, it's very expensive if, you, if you're buying water every day. <laughs> but I, especially it is, it is. Yeah. I, w- I would look at a distiller of Venus and distill okay. your water and then start to add minerals back in it. And that's mm-hmm. where you're going to have that really the purified water. You're not going to get the plastics you're not going to get the the heavy metals, the chlorine, graphene, uh, you know, all the the aluminums and and all all the heavy metals that are in the tap water. So the, the distillers are are a great source, at most bang for your buck, I believe. Amazing. A couple of quick questions for you. Um, what is the book that changed your life? Oh, The Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg. It really allowed me to broadcast my voice with with a big, big uh, pillar of strength. And the Invisible Rainbow show, showcases the history of electricity in life, and it directly correlates every major pandemic to increased shifts in our electromagnetic blanket of an atmosphere, whether it was cosmic or man-made. So 1918, World War II, we rolled out radio waves for the first time. Mm. That's huge. And people will say maybe it was the vaccines. Well, no, it, it was the radar. And they all had the same upper respiratory infections as we had with the 5G rollout the last several years. And then we had, uh, uh, so that, that, that was, uh, so 1918, Spanish flu, then we had uh, was that World War One, and then we had we had world we had uh, Hong Kong flu satellites, and then World War Two radar, and then five G. So literally, hundred and fifty page bibliography. The book is riveting. Will change everyone's life. There w- there wasn't any cardiovascular disease back then. 
there were six cases of diabetes 130 years ago that he could find printed across the entire world. Six. Wow. So we've ratched up fake food. We've ratched up EMFs. I'm going to lean in on the EMF space because when you affect your chi, you're going to affect the chemistry of your body because we can't have chemistry and biology without energy. So the energy is primary. Bruce Lipton will talk about that. So that book alone is, is a must read for everybody. The Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg. Amazing. So what phrase or affirmation or quote do you live by? I choose to be my very best, being 100% ready, willing, able, safe, worthy, supporting, deserving to own my power with infinite love and gratitude by accepting, releasing any pain, fatigue, uh, limiting beliefs now and forever, no matter how painful, challenging, stressful life is, has been, or will be. Today, I am feeling abundant. Uh, is that yours? Did you make that up? Uh, it's mostly Dr. Darren Weissman's infinite love oh, and gratitude yeah. technique, but I've added a little bit to it. Uh, I use that. Uh, there's shorter versions that I'll throw out. Uh, and But that's one of the big ones that I'll, I'll say repeated over and over again. What's it called? I'm going to look that up. Uh, oh, Dr. Darren Weissman. It's the lifeline technique. The lifeline technique. I love it because I'm so into um I love the concept of um, consensual brainwashing, which yeah. I think affirmations are, you know. It is. I, I would look up Gay Hendricks too. He did uh, The Upper Limit and that that is the, it's, what was it called? Um, the Big Leap is the book. And there's, the, it's the Upper Limit Challenge. So people, when they get stuck, they feel that they have an upper limit but his book's called The Big Leap. And he talks about, I'm expanding in abundant success, health, and love. And you say that over and over again. So that's a short version of it. But yeah, it, it, our body doesn't know the difference between memory, reality, and imagination. So when we can replay these things with an evoke feeling and and senses and smells, taste, and 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 that, that smile and, and get that emotion into it, you can replay that over and over again. Then when you go to that situation, it, it, it's already solidified. So we can create abundance in our world. We can create that relationship. We can create that whatever you're looking for by replaying it over and over again and tricking our, our body. That's amazing. It's very empowering. I'm definitely going to look that up because that's something I'm, I struggle with sometimes. I did a whole uh, session here last night with some of my female friends about um we did a, let, a letting go list because of the full moon i kind of follow moon cycles quite a lot and we made a list of all these things and then we just went out and burnt them you know to kind of let go of these thoughts <laughs> because sometimes it's hard to think big you know sometimes so we all have these we put these limits on ourselves so it's good to have some techniques to kind of go beyond these boundaries so where can people find you emfrocks.com athleticism.com it's spelled athletic ism.com mm -hmm. if you can see it on the shirt those are the great places we have all our curated health products on athleticism.com amazing thank you so thank you so much for joining us today on the orgasmic lifestyle podcast it's been a real pleasure thank you venus pleasure the book i'm reading now is actually the book i am writing and it's called no filter 
Confessions of an Orgasm Activist. I started writing this in autumn 2020, three years ago, and I cannot believe how much my life has changed since then. In 2020, I rediscovered my passion for reading. I hadn't read a book in many years. That was because I was primarily a writer back then, and I didn't really want to have any interference from other writers' styles. And then when I started reading, because it was the pandemic, um, I just was blown away by how much I could learn from a book and to apply something that's been decades of knowledge in a book into my life, into my brain and into my lifestyle, obviously only the things that resonated. And I was always reading personal development, spirituality books, nonfiction mainly, and well, actually it's all nonfiction. And I was just um, very inspired, especially by the book um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And that I consider to be the book that changed my life. And I thought, if this book changed my life, how many more books are there out there that could potentially have an incredibly positive impact on my life? So I read about 30 books and most of them were quite incredible. And one book that really inspired me was uh, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. As soon as I heard about this book, I had a special feeling especially when I heard about the practice of morning pages, because I always felt a little bit blocked. And I thought, and I started doing the morning pages even before the book arrived. And I just found that it would be the best way to unblock what I wanted to say. Um, and I'm going to actually, I started doing the morning pages with the intention of actually publishing them one day. And the practice was very insightful. Um, I'm going to read to you the the intro that I wrote on the first day, and I'm going to share with you some of the insights that I got from doing this practice of morning pages, which I highly recommend. Morning pages is basically you get up in the morning and you write three pages, handwritten, stream of consciousness, anything that comes to mind. And yeah, it's just, uh, it's very unblocking. It's very liberating, let's say. And I thought I would add that to my morning ritual because my morning, my mornings are very sacred to me. I have no alarm in the morning. I have a very nice orgasmic breakfast. And yeah, I, I, I have no rush in the morning. So it was, it was a kind of nice thing to kind of get clear on the day. Anyway, let me read this to you and uh, I'll give you some commentary after. Sometimes I struggle to find my voice. I know what I want to say, but I'm not sure how. Last year, I discovered the morning pages practice from the book, The Artist's Way, by Julia Cameron, and I thought it would be the perfect method to unblock me. It consists of writing three pages, stream of consciousness, after just waking up. You're not supposed to share it or with anyone, but the rules are meant to be broken, right? My life has changed so much from then. And finally, I've decided to share what I wrote rather than just keeping it on my hard drive for my eyes only. The following was written in autumn 2020 and covers 69 days of my life back then. Enjoy. Day one. I have absolutely no idea what will be written in the pages to come. It's exciting. Usually when I write, I know exactly what is going to happen before my readers do, but not this time. On a whim, I've decided to write my thoughts down first thing in the morning, every day for 100 days. I love my current morning routine. 
It consists of waking up naturally without an alarm, delicious breakfasts, and reading. I thought that writing would be a fun activity to add to the mix, and I'm hoping that the exercise will help to unblock me, because I need it. When I first wake up in the morning, my mood is usually dictated by how well I've slept. If I don't sleep well, I feel annoyed with myself for not being able to switch off, and I worry that I won't have the energy to do everything that I want to do during that day. I've never been a good sleeper, and I find that alarms make me anxious at night. So, for the last 11 years, I've created an, a no-alarm lifestyle for myself, and I wake up naturally, and I have no schedule. If I sleep well, I will usually start my day feeling grateful for the lifestyle and job that I have created for myself. I describe myself as an orgasm activist, and it's a job that I invented. I love the flexibility of being my own boss and working from home. I've done the alarm, rushed breakfasts, quick showers, and then sardine-style public transport commuting to, commute to a job that I hate, lifestyle, but not anymore. My mornings are sacred and peaceful. Even though I wake up relatively early, I don't actually start my working day until late morning. As well as gratitude, another emotion I often feel in the morning is shame. I'm so messy, and I sometimes feel so frustrated and annoyed with myself due to the chaos that surrounds me, because I created it. I'm British, and I live alone in a shoebox penthouse apartment by the beach in Barcelona, Spain. Although I claim to be a minimalist, the fact that I have over 600 sex toys in my tiny apartment would probably suggest otherwise. <clears throat> I don't have a wardrobe either, just a big chest of drawers. I don't always remember to fold my clothes. There's a big pile of clothes that's on the sofa when I wake up in the morning, and then I remove that pile of clothes to the bed during the day, and then I take it off the bed at night and put it back on the sofa. I do feel guilty about the way I treat my clothes. Even when I buy new ones, they will end up on this big messy pile despite my efforts to change. I review and design sex toys for a living. I love my job and I feel strongly about educating women about orgasm and sexual pleasure. Unfortunately, not everyone I know shares my enthusiasm for this subject. Over the years, I've received a lot of negative judgment and I've even lost some friendships due to my life choices. I can't deny that it can be hurtful to be criticized, but I feel that my job acts as a filter to get rid of people who just don't serve me. I'm not ashamed of what I do, and I tend to distance myself from anyone who suggests that I should be. I'm aware that female sexual freedom makes lots of people uncomfortable, but I'm more ashamed of my messiness, to be honest. I know I could just clean up, but I'm just not motivated enough. I'm also looking to move apartments soon. My lease ends in five weeks, and I still don't have a place to live. I'm hoping to find a bigger place where I'll be that where I will take pride in cleaning more often. I'm also going through an, a very amicable breakup. That is another great motivation to move. There are lots of memories here. 
I'm going to be making lots of changes in my life soon. A new home, a new gym, and hopefully a new lover. I was with Mr. Right Now, or Mr. Zen, as I'm going to call him from now on, for far too long. Don't get me wrong, he was wonderful, but there are many reasons why he was never going to be my future, and that's something I crave now. Someone to share more with, but not too much though. I'm a bit of a commitment phobe. I'm not wife or mother material either. But I do have a lot of love to give, as well as a, an enormous amount of unexpressed passion that I need to set free somehow. I also refuse to go on dating apps, so I'm not sure how any of this is going to pan out. Unfortunately, I lost my libido with Mr. Zen. How could that be? Me, the sexpert, looking for excuses not to have sex. The situation made me feel awkward and inauthentic. But now that I'm single again, my desire for intimacy is awakening and I'm craving the type of sexual connection that inspired me to dedicate my life to sexuality in the first place. I need S-E-X, a sacred energy exchange. And there we have it. That's day one of my um, memoir. Well, I actually wrote 69 pages of this with the intention of continuing the last 31 to, to meet 100 days. That's another time in my life. And I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting for that moment now. And now I'm just feeling a little bit that I can't reveal everything that's going on in my life because there's so much going on right now. But um, I need to find a, a time when it's going to be relevant to because there's going to be a huge um, evolution, you know, from going from the shoebox apartment and the create the chaos that was surrounding me. And now I'm in a much bigger place and I managed to, you know, successfully end the relationship I was in. But what was interesting is that every time I had intentions or expectations of the near future, life would happen in a very different way. So it, it made me realize that planning was, was kind of futile. And also, I didn't really look back at what I'd written previously. I just every day was writing freshly, um, like a new day without knowing what had to come before. And then when you, I went back to read the whole thing, it was just so, oh, my God. And it was it was just very enlightening, you know, just to see how you cannot really plan life. And every day is, is a different day. Yeah, so that is part of my memoir. That's just a very um, rough version so far. But one day I do hope to travel somewhere nice where and remote where I can actually just go through all of this and then correct it all and then um, find another time in my life when I can add the remaining 31 days which will show massive evolution and hopefully will be an inspiring read because it has a bit of memoir but it also has a lot of my own spiritual philosophy in there so it's going to be kind of um, memoir stroke personal development stroke spirituality type of book or slash I mean so that is it. No filter, confessions of an orgasm activist. And if you'd like to hear more, maybe I will share more on here because I do have lots of content that's just on my hard drive um, that hasn't been shared with the world yet. But there's a lot, a lot in here and a lot in this book that I really want to share. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. And um, yeah, hopefully I'll be sharing more of it with you soon. Now it's time to slow things down as we prepare for this episode's guided affirmations meditation. It's probably not a good idea to listen to this while driving or operating machinery. Instead, take a break from whatever you're doing, 
get comfortable, take a deep breath and enjoy.
Are you looking for a new sex toy? If you are, go to satisfier.com and you can use the code VENUS to get 30% off anything on the satisfier.com website. So check it out, VENUS for 30% off, satisfier.com. To find out more about me and my orgasmic lifestyle, visit venusohara.org or follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash venusohara. Make sure to search for the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening, have an orgasmic week, and make sure every day is a climax.